it's not exactly championship alley, uh, oh, but hey, this is, the champions gonna come through here. <laughs> a lot of champions gonna be in that room. It is my absolute pleasure. And when you talk about championships, see, before you put on a uniform, before you suit up and you take the court, your mind has to be right. And today we're gonna talk about our mental health in a transparent, honest, authentic way. And I want you all again, we're not in the arena right now, but we're in there. We're, this is the arena we call life in a game of life. And it is my absolute pleasure to welcome to the stage a brother that just, I mean, he just motivates everywhere he goes. He loves the 305. Three-time NBA champion, entrepreneur, and founder of Udonis Haslam Foundation. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one and only, our Mr. 305, Udonis Haslam. I gotta take you with me everywhere to introduce me. Wow. I started looking around like, who is he talking about? It was me. Thank you. Thank you. And I would be remiss if we did not welcome our co-host for today's discussion, little brother, graduate of Miami Central High. We've got Wadley here, a future firefighter. He's at Miami Dade College, and while you got a microphone, we should have one right behind you. There you go. Turn that microphone on. So we're going to alternate asking some questions. And UD, the floor is yours just to open up with just some re remarks, and then we'll get into some Q&A. The floor is yours, UD. Um, I just want to thank everybody for obviously coming out here today. Um, to be anywhere, but you chose to be here with me, so thank you. Um, for me right now, I want you guys to understand that you're looking at the finished pro finish product here um, right now. So what you see here. I've been through a lot, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've encountered a lot, I've overcome a lot, and what I've learned about life is not necessarily <clears throat> how, how you can pivot is, is what I've learned about life. How, how, how can you get up? I think the, the dreams and the goals that we all have, this way that we want our life to go, probably not going to go that way. You know what I'm saying? It's probably not going to go the way we all scripted it. It's probably not going to go the way we all wrote it down. It's probably not going to go the way we all dreamed it. But that doesn't mean you can't have the life you want. That doesn't mean that you can't have the life you strive, you strive for, and that doesn't mean you can't have the life you deserve. So just understanding those things, you're gonna have some things that you're gonna encounter in life that might knock you down. You're gonna have to pivot a little bit, you're gonna have to get up, you're gonna have to brush yourself off, you're gonna have to keep going, but you can still have the life you want, you can still have the things you deserve, and you can still have the things that you work for in this life. So this is the finished product, and you'll get, well, I'll get more into my story, but I've been through a lot. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna be vulnerable with my story. I'll let you guys know what I've been through. And hopefully something from today you can take and it's gonna help you eventually at some point. That is excellent. A, a few other thank yous we want to jump into as well. Shout out to Thomas Eugene, also on the UD's uh, board, uh, board members, Linda Cole, Yvette Castro, Tina Vanderven as well that are with us today. Little bro, we got some questions for UD. Go ahead. Let's go. So I did hear you were recently saying about being knocked down. We have a question from Little Janae. How do you stay focused on your goals as a teenager, even when being knocked down from several obstacles? So for me, I think developing a why was, 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 was very you know, critical for me at a young age, developing a why. And I think for me, my why was obviously my family. You know what I mean? I grew up in a situation where 
my mother struggled with drug addiction. My father struggled with drug addiction. Um, so at an early age, I kind of grew up and had to make good decisions. And it was not all on me. I had a sister, I had aunts, I had a lot of people. I truly needed a village. You know, when they say it takes a village, I was one of those kids that truly needed a village. Um, <clears throat> but for me, basketball um, was the why, because of things I was dealing with my parents at home. You know, drug addiction, my mother went through homelessness. Even though my father was a strong black man, he struggled with drug addiction. And one thing I did understand about drug addiction at a young age is when people struggle with drug addiction, it's not them. They're not who they, who they seem to be or the things that they're doing. That's the drugs controlling them. It's the drugs controlling their mind, the drugs controlling their body, the drugs controlling their actions. So growing up in a situation where, you know, you have two parents that struggle with drug addiction, um, they were my why. I want I to help my parents. I want to get them the help they need. I want to put them in a position where they can strive and be successful and give them the things they need to be, you know, healthy. Because I consider drugs just like a disease. Yes. You know what I mean? So for me, my why was getting my parents out of the drug game and, and helping them live healthy lives like I think they deserve to live. And UD, when we think about, you know, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, we were founded in 1904 by a court clerk. It's been serving Miami-Dade since 1958. And it's always been about just pairing people. We call them matches. A, a, a little with a big, that trusted friend and counsel. Outside of the basketball context, who was one of those folks that mentored you and what did they teach you? Wow, I had a lot of them. But um, <clears throat> I would say, to be honest with you, I was fortunate enough to have a group of friends that we policed each other. Mm. I was fortunate to have a group of friends that we weren't afraid to have those honest conversations with each other at an early age. And that's because we had friends that didn't have those honest conversations with each other and we saw the other side of that. And I think we were able to learn from a lot of the mistakes that our friends were making. Because when you're seeing people going to jail at 16 to 17, or when you're seeing somebody getting shot or, or killed at 16 to 17, you realize that's not the path you want to go down. So we kind of was in a situation where I had a group of guys around me, and one, right now one of them is in Georgia, Andre Furby. He owns a restaurant in Georgia, straight out of Liberty City. And my friend Brent Wright owns the Brent Wright Leadership Academy, straight out of Liberty City. All of us grew up together and we policed each other, and it's no coincidence the success we're having now. Brent owns a school in Liberty City, the B-Wright Leadership Academy that he runs in Liberty City, and Andre Furby, who we call Bo, owns a restaurant in Georgia. It came from that little group of guys where we say, you know what, we don't want to be like that. We've we seen that story. We've seen how that goes. We've we, we seen that already. So we want to do something different. So it's really just a group of guys, me and two other guys that I went to Miami High with. We won state championships at Miami High. I don't know if we got a stinger reason in the house. Any, any Miami High uh, students in the house? Here we go. There we got go. some okay. Miami High representing UD. Okay, so we won state championships at Miami High. We all stayed connected. And we all pushed each other. We held each other accountable. And we are not afraid to tell each other when we are wrong. We are not. That's a real friend. Iron sharpens iron. Yes, sir. Iron sharpens iron. Go ahead, little bro. Well, I do have one one important question. Obviously, there are positive in this life, but how did you ignore all the negative things you heard about yourself throughout your career? I, I didn't ignore it. I used it. That's what I did. I used whatever somebody would say about me. I got a photographic memory. I'm gonna remember it and I'm gonna show you. You know what I'm saying? So if you put me down, I'm gonna show you that I'm better than what you said I was. If you say I can't do it, I'm gonna show you that I can do it just because you said I couldn't do it. And if you say it, yeah, it's, 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 for me, yeah, yeah. I know I know people always say, oh, don't listen to that, ignore that, or you can use it. So everything somebody says about me, everything somebody's ever said I couldn't do, everything that anybody ever said I wasn't gonna be able to do, I wasn't capable of doing, I use that. It's the same thing we do with the Miami Heat. When you watch us play, 
we use everything. Okay, keep saying Brooklyn, keep saying Philly, keep saying New York, keep saying Milwaukee. And I'm just sitting here licking my chops, waiting, telling my guys, they think they're better than us. We're not, we, for whatever reason, we don't deserve to be champions. They think Boston deserves to be champions. They think Philly deserves to be champions. Why? Do they work harder than us? Or is it because we got seven undrafted and you think they're better than us? That's why I draw the line. Why? Because we're undrafted that those guys are better than us? Because they got drafted? Because they make more money? Because they get more articles written about them? I refuse to let my guys believe that we're less than. Any, in any situation, in any situation, I refuse to let my guys believe that we are less than. And for me, that right there is the reason why we bridge that gap. Because we sit in these situations, we sit at home and we watch everybody talk about every other team while we work 10 times as hard. So for me, everything for me is ammo. I'm using everything to motivate myself. If I can get an edge, if I can get that 1% to push me over the hump, yes, sir. if I can get that 1% to push us over the hump as a team and as an organization, I'm going to use that. So you've been keeping receipts for a long time. All you day, did. every day, and twice on Sunday. <laughs> what do y'all think about that? Keep the receipts. Yeah, I'll be telling them, keep talking. Keep talking. And I tell my guys all the time, if you read between the lines, they'll tell you how they feel about you all the time. True that. Just read between the lines. They ain't got to say they don't, they ain't say they don't think you're good enough. They're just going to talk about everybody else. And that right there lets me know they think we ain't good enough because we won the Eastern Conference Championship last year. Since 2006, nobody has been in more finals than the Miami Heat. We've been in seven finals since 2006. Milwaukee, I'm serious. Golden State has been to six. So, how every year you keep talking about everybody but us? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm keeping receipts. And we're we, we checking in. And we're checking yeah, in. We check it in. <laughs> UD, let's, let's, let's talk about a topic uh, that you speak very openly about. And there's a stigma in communities of color, especially as it relates to mental health. Why is it so important, UD, and what's your message for these bigs and littles and families today? I mean, I got a lot of employees, but my most, my most expensive employee is my therapist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my most expensive employee is my therapist, and he's worth every penny. I got a brother named Dr. Tuma. Sometimes he don't even talk. He just listens. But I think for me, I've found out that life has been about how can I balance myself? You know what I'm saying? And if you just... Look at it in plain, simplest terms. If you balance and you lose balance, you tip one way or the other and you flip over. So for me, how can I stay here? How can I stay even instead of tipping this way or tipping that way and losing my balance? Because things can be challenging. Sometimes it, it can be too much. Um, so I, I don't hesitate to reach out and have a conversation. And I wasn't always like that. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in a situation where you pray about it. <laughs> pray on it. You know what I'm saying? And if you ain't get the answer, you pray again tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And you keep praying until you get it. And I'm a, and I'm a religious person. I do believe in religion, but I think sometimes you got to step outside of you know, what you're praying for and just have a conversation with somebody. And I think that was the best thing for me. And I encourage all my guys to do that. Before they even have to come to me, I tell all these guys, I ain't got all the answers. Nobody has all the answers. For a black man making... $50 million, you know what I'm saying? You're probably gonna make mistakes. Yes. You're probably gonna have questions. You're probably gonna need answers. And there ain't very many people that can lead you down this path. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Who are you going to? I think, like I told you in the back, for me, sometimes I pour from an empty cup, because who do I go to? Yes, I'm the mentor, but who mentors me? Yes, 
Yes, sir. Who do I sit down and have those conversations with? When I'm when my balance is off, when I'm a little off, that's why I had to reach out to Dr. Toomey and have those conversations with somebody where I can just sit down and have a conversation when there's no judgment. And that took a while to get to that point where I can be open and vulnerable. You know what I mean? Because that's my business. And it ain't none of your business. <laughs> and I don't want to tell you my business. You might look at me funny. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, once I got past that and I got to the point where I, was where I was vulnerable and I knew that this was the best thing for me to be my best version. Because now one thing about me, I know when I'm off. And I think we all know when we are. We yes. know when something ain't right. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of times we might ignore it. We'll be out right in a few days. It'll blow over. It builds up. And it keeps building up. And even if you feel a little bit better two days from now, that's still sitting on you. So for me, losing my mother 12 years ago, losing my brother, losing my grandmother, losing Fat Frank, losing Mo, I could go on and on. I never took time to grieve. It was always go to the funeral, get to practice. Two and a half years ago, I lost my father. That's when it all hit. Every, every funeral I had went to, every person I had lost, every memory hit when I lost my father. And I couldn't, I couldn't just move on. I couldn't just go to practice. I had to take about a week and a half. And that's the first time I ever did that. I took a week and a half and I went out in the mountains. Ain't no mountains in Miami. So let me go somewhere. Yeah, let me go somewhere. Go a little further. Yeah, let me go somewhere. Let me just get out of here. Let me go zero dark thirty for a minute. Let me go zero dark thirty for a minute. Clear my mind. You know what I'm saying? So just understanding that you think you're getting through it and, and you think you're figuring it out, it's still sitting on you. And every time it takes a little piece away from you, and every time you lose a little piece, it just moves you further and further away from being your best version. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think we all know that to get where we're trying to go. We need to be our best version. I think we all want to be our best version. And it's impossible to do it every day, but we strive to be our best version every day. Yeah. We shoot to be our best version every day. So for me, I was not allowed to be my best version with these little nuggets that were being just taken away from me. And all the little pieces that I was losing. Because every time I was losing somebody, I was losing a piece of myself. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And then going back to practice and just thinking basketball was going to clean up everything and fix everything, it was an answer. Yeah, I was able to play. Yeah, I was able to enjoy the game of basketball until I wasn't no more. Until I couldn't do it no more. So you were cut. We, we mask a lot. We cover up things. And so basketball was that hideaway. But you had to deal with your real feelings. When my pops, when my pops passed, I couldn't mask it anymore. You couldn't mask it anymore. Couldn't mask it. The mask had to come off. Yeah. And I want to stay here for a minute, UD, because I think about Littles from the Heat Academy that are now mentored over at Carnival, and sitting with Linda and Michael McCullough, uh, and these kids get to their senior year and they're in front of us for an interview, academically solid. Extracurricular, solid. Then we touch on something like family, losing somebody, and UD, they break down like little babies. So for 18 plus years, they've been masking. Uh, why is it so important? And I know you touched on it in your personal life, but tell these littles that it's okay. It doesn't make you crazy, it no, crazy to be not, off. You're not, you're not Stay weak. Stay on it, UD. You're not weak. Come on. Um, you're not less than. Yeah. Um, you're not incapable. Um, you're actually strong. Yeah. You're actually smart. You're actually doing the right thing by asking for help and reaching out. You actually, you actually care. You actually care. And I think when you get to a point in your life where you feel everything, and and that's a that's a weird place to be because I feel everything around me. If my if, if my if my wife is in a bad mood, I feel it. My sons aren't doing well, I feel it. 
if the people around me aren't feeling well, I feel it. And even though that's not me, or that's not my journey, I can feel it. And sometimes that takes a toll on you as well. You know what I'm saying? So now you're dealing with the stuff you're dealing with. You're also feeling some of the stuff that the people around you are dealing with. Also dealing with the stuff that you can't control that life just throws at you. Oh, and you got businesses, and you got you know employees, and you got all these things going on. It can be too much, you know what I'm saying, for anybody. So no, you're not weak, you're not less than, you're not crazy, none of that. You're actually smart, and you're actually doing the right thing, and you're actually putting yourself in a better position than you ever would have thought you would be. Because what I'm telling you, therapy, change your life, man. Try to tell you, change your life just to have somebody just to listen, and just be able to talk freely with no judgment. That's the thing, That's no right. judgment. Because I think we all hate to be judged. We, nobody wants to be judged for the things we've encountered or the things we've done, or even the mistakes we've made, because I have made mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And nobody wants to be judged for that. So when you get to a point where you can be completely vulnerable and find a person that there's no judgment, I think that's when you can have a breakthrough and you gotta build on that. You don't just stop there. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't just one meeting with my therapist. We had to peel back layers. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We had to peel back layers to childhood to find out and understand some of the things that I was dealing with and why I would react and why I moved and just did some of the things I did. We had to peel back layers. Some of the things that I didn't even think had to do with who I am now has everything to do with who I am now. You know what I mean? So I encourage you, have a conversation with somebody and, and don't feel less than and don't feel weak. You're strong, you're, you're, you're capable, and you deserve it. You deserve the best life you can possibly give yourself. And that part of that is having therapy and being your best version. Priceless advice. That's why these big. How many bigs we got in here today? We got any bigs? Raise your hand. Up to the, the mentors. Give them a hand. That's that's that trusted friend and counselor. Somebody to be listening, talk to, non-judgmental. Little girl, what you got for you, D? Well, obviously, while we're talking on mental health, there is. You did say that you're always going to need someone to speak to. I wanted to know what is the best way to create and maintain like new associates and friends, and as a network. Obviously, not all of us have a therapist. But some of us may have only one friend, or maybe need more friends to speak to, and we can't tell everything to Well, them. I'm going to be honest with you. At this stage of the game, in 2023, you're either an asset or a liability. That's mm. just, it's, it, you can't have a gray area out here. There's too much going on out here. You know what I'm saying? One, one mistake can cost you too much. You know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time can cost you too much. It's really got to be black and white. Either you my man or you ain't. That's right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I think at this stage of the game, you guys can't afford to be one foot in. You gotta be, you gotta be two feet in on what you want in life. You know what I mean? And if this is what you want in life, I had this conversation with my son the other day. If this is what you want in life, I'll help you. But you gotta be all in first. Yeah. I think with you guys, you guys gotta be all in on what you want in life. And sometimes that's making those decisions not to hang around certain people. I got to that point in my life too where certain people I had to stop hanging around. When I, got, when I got to the point where I realized basketball was a reality, and I might really be able to do this, and I might really be able to get out the hood and make some money, yeah. oh, boy, I ain't going with you. <laughs> boy, I ain't going with you. That's a boy, business decision. Nah, boy, I talk, nah, I'll catch you later, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll catch you, because I already know what you on. Right. I know what you're going and what you're going to do. Right. And I'm probably the biggest one, so I might get caught. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, 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 go ahead. But no, nah, I ain't on that. And they gotta respect that. Once again, if they don't respect that, that ain't your man's. Right. They, they gonna show their hand. Trust me, they gonna show their hand. I got friends where 
I got to the NBA, instead of giving them a handout, I said, well, I'll get you a job. You got mad at me. Hold on, you don't want no job? You ain't my friend. <laughs> you mad at me, I gave you a job, bro. You wanted money. So now, so people will show their hand in your life. Yes. For me, it's black and white. You know what I'm saying? You either asset or liability. I'ma help you and you will help me. Or you holding me back. And if you holding me back, you can't be around me. Simple as that. I, I don't even, I don't even play them games no more. I used to try to like, Dance around and, oh, you might want to, nah, let him go. Let him go. Woman or man, let him go. You can't do it. You got you to gotta be your best version. What, what, what's important to you and where you're trying to go in life? And if somebody ain't with that, if somebody in your way, somebody holding you back, they got to go, bro. Simple as that. I'm telling you what I know. I ain't telling you what I think. UD, as we think about when we talked uh, pre-show exposure, we live in a beautiful place for people from all over the world come to see Miami. When was the first time? Uh, I know you shared this earlier. You know where I'm going. Just exposure. Talk to them about it. Crazy. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the first time I went to South Beach is when I got in the NBA. I never crossed the bridge. I didn't even know what was over there. I had no clue. I used to go to Hollow Beach. That's where we went. <laughs> Get your jet skis and your grill. Yeah, we out here, we out here hollow. It's home. I had never been over there. So for me, I think the best thing that could have happened was when I got to college and I realized that everybody hadn't seen drugs. I realized that everybody hadn't seen violence. I realized that everybody hadn't grown up around me because up until then, I thought the whole world was like Liberty City. <laughs> and then when I realized it was something out there better for me, it was something out there bigger for me, it was opportunities out there for me, Oh man, I was all in then. I was like a pig in slop. I want all this, <laughs> give me that, give me that. I want that, you know what I'm saying? Because at that time, when I walked out, all I saw was drugs, liquor store, right? Get off the bus at seven o'clock and run home, because if you don't, you might get touched. <laughs> you, know what I'm saying? you know how this go. Yeah. So this is what I thought the world was like until I stepped outside of that. And I think that's the mission for our foundation is to show kids something else. Because once they see it, once they know it's there, then they strive for it. Then they want it. It feels good. You know what I'm saying? It feels good being here. The sun shine a little brighter over here on this side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think for us, what our mission was to just show them something different. If we show them something different, we give them a little taste of it, we put it in front of them, show them how to get there, then they'll do the rest. Because I already know that most of these kids in the inner cities in these situations, they got grit. Oh, they got grit. They built yes. for this. Oh, yeah. We just got to show it to them. That's right. We got to give, we gotta give, them, the, we gotta give them the game plan. You know what I'm saying? And put them in the game. But they got grit. They built for this, man, because there's no reason I should be sitting here. You know what I'm saying? I was built with, I was just built for this. This is just something different. It's just because my environment. Now, one thing my environment did do was make, was, was make me a, I'm a, I'm a beast now. Oh, there's no doubt. Beast now. My environment made you me come a beast. Come off that bench, you did. Yeah, People my, know. My, my environment made me. My, my my environment has built me. Yes. You know what I'm saying? To, I'm built to last. Amen. But I'm not invincible. There you go. But my environment has built me to last. And one thing I know about any kid from the 305, you built to last out here. You know what I'm saying? I know that. All right. I've been all over the world. I've been all over the world. You from the 305, you are built to last. Um, obviously, being back in Miami, uh, what do you, what is the best way you feel like you can, you know, encourage your community to just understand that that other side, there is that other side, and push them to actually go see that side. Be two feet in. Be an active participant. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Yeah. Be a, be a leader in the community. Be be, be proactive. 
You know what I'm saying? Everything that I've been involved in from, you know, affordable housing to providing jobs in the community to um, the mental health facilities and different things like that is because I've had an ear to the people. I don't have to read about it in the paper. I don't have to see it on social media. I'm connected. They tell me what they need. They tell me what the problems is. They tell me what they want. Now I have the resource and the platform to go back to other people and say, hey, this is what my people need. How can we do this? How can we bridge this gap? Understanding the housing situation in South Florida. You got to make a bus 110000 just to rent comfortably. Annually, people are only making 48000 How are we bridging that gap, Mayor? Commissioner, please tell me how we're going to help my people. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. We got two affordable housing projects that we got. We got one in Wilma, we got one in North Miami. So for me, being connected to the people is the best, the best thing I can do because I hear directly from them how I can make a direct impact and how I can make an impact as fast as possible. And once I do that, then I go sit down with these mans and commissioners because they got to sign off on stuff. But I tell them this is what my people need and this is what's going on. And they know it already, but they probably got other stuff to do. So don't worry about it. I do. UD, speaking of that, and in a basketball context, people talk about, you know, again, there's NBA teams, but then there's heat culture. When you think about a family, a team, and you've talked about mentors, you've talked about uh, those you grew up with, which started out at maybe 20 and now is down to three. For these young people and these families to recognize the power of culture, talk to us about it. Because there's no greater culture than heat culture. And you hear NBA professionals talking about it. Talk about that. I think culture is like another word for faith. I think our culture is like another word for having faith. It just gives you something bigger to believe in than yourselves and that you can't see. Because most of the times, most guys walk into an NBA locker room or an NBA season, how many points can I average? I worked on this this summer. I want to show this when I get in the game. So as soon as you walk in, everything is kind of about you. He culture make you check your ego at the door. It ain't about you when you walk in this locker room. It's about the 15 or 14 other guys how can I move the needle? How can I impact my brother? Eye-to-eye -eye communication, accountability, work ethic, all that when you walk in that door. It ain't about you no more. Laziness is frowned upon in heat culture when you walk in that door. We don't like lazy. You know, we don't like crybabies. We come to work. So for me, I think heat culture has helped me outside of basketball. Because when you step into business, nobody wants to be held accountable anymore. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to be held accountable anymore. Nobody wants to outwork the person next to them anymore. Most people want stuff given to them. You know what I'm saying? So he culture, I've taken what I've learned and he culture, and I've applied it in life and in business and, and living by that standard and living by that rule. Um, I'm 43 years old. Um, I get up every day and I work out. I'm in the best shape of my life. I just did my body fat the other day. My body fat is 6%. So that's just the culture. I'm still living the same, you know, it's like, it becomes a lifestyle. And then if you can buy into it, now it ain't for everybody. It's hard. Yeah. I will admit that when you read about heat coaching, people say that it is not for everybody. It is not for everybody. It is not for everybody. But every day we're holding ourselves to a standard, mentally, physically, emotionally. We're focusing on what we put in our bodies. You know what I'm saying? Um, leadership at all levels. People think I'm the leader. Most of the time, I am the leader. But the first, the last guy that got in that locker room, who's an undrafted free agent, can come to me and say, hey, OG, I think we need to do this. You know what I'm saying? So we're already molding young leaders. Yes. You, we're, we're not gonna, you, that's not, we're not gonna shun you. Come talk to me. You can tell me something. So we're already molding young leaders. So heat culture is, 
is a way of life. You know what I'm saying? I think he coaches a way of life and it just gives you a discipline and a standard to live your life that you can apply in so many different aspects. It just doesn't have to be in that arena. That's mentorship 101 right there. The, the new kid on the block, you've been here a minute, but you're a part of this team, you're part of this family. And we never, so we never get too big to take advice, UD. I literally get, I get guys, and these guys played last night and right after the game was over, a lot of these guys texted me and reached out to me. And I wasn't even there. But that, that's the culture, you know what I'm saying? Just checking on each other. And hey, did you see the game? What you think about it? Most of my young guys did great. A lot of those undrafted guys, if anybody watched the game last night, Jamal Cain, Orlando Robinson, Hayward Highsmith, Drew Smith, those are all undrafted guys. Those are all my guys. And as soon as that game was over, I got a text from each and every one of those guys. But before that game, each and every one of those guys got a text from me. <laughs> but what'd you say to him, OG? Oh, you maybe what did you say word to him before? Word. I don't know if you can say word for word, but go ahead. Something I, close. Hey, MF. <laughs> That's why I'll be watching the game tonight. Don't f around. I'm expecting an MF and dog. So let me translate that. Have a great game, everybody. That was live. This is live TV. This is live TV. That's why you like word for word. Thank you, you did. And and it was one word answer. Got you. What else are you gonna say to the OG? Got you. And, and, and those guys play well. And all that is the culture, the standard, the relationship, the connection, yes. which it doesn't matter how great of a coach you have, you have to have a connected group of guys. Yeah. All that is the reason why he coaches successful. On and off the court, powerful. Little bro, what you got? I do have a question. Obviously, as being the OG, what would you say is your most challenging obstacle of being the OG and having to watch over so many people and guide them. Like I mentioned earlier, my cup was empty. And you can't pour from an empty cup. So being an OG, having to mentor 15, 16 guys, obviously still having a connection with the coaching staff and Spo, who sometimes he even comes to me and asks me questions. Then I might have to go upstairs and sit down with Pat and have a conversation with Pat. Now you're just pouring out. Point out, you're giving, you're giving, you're giving, but nobody was replenishing, nobody was filling me up. So for me, going out having those conversations with Dr. Tumor, going out sitting down with Dr. Tumor for a couple hours, even though it's expensive as hell, it was worth it. <laughs> those, that's how I was able to manage those things because I'm literally giving every day. As soon as I walk in that arena, it ain't about me. I'm giving. I'm pouring into 15 guys. You know what I'm saying? And then I might have to pour into a coach. And then, oh, when I get home, I gotta pour into my family. I gotta pour into my kids, I gotta pour into my wife, I gotta pour into that. So now you're talking about in a seven, eight hour span, I've just been giving, giving, giving. And sometimes it can take it can take a lot from you. And sometimes you don't you don't get refilled, you don't get replenished. So the best thing I was able to do with that after mentoring all those guys and just giving so much was to go sit home with my therapist and have somebody just give a little something back to me and kind of Balance me out again. Once again, I talk about that balance. I'm big on balance. Everybody might have a different phrase or something they, they use, but I call it balance. Find your balance, because if you don't, you're going to flip over. Just as simple as that. And we think about balance, uh, UD. You know, you got to be on front. You got to know where, you're, where you stand. And as I look around this audience and just see the beauty of the diversity yes. in Miami, yes. the beauty of humanity, uh, it's so important that our littles recognize it. Some of your mentors may not look like you all the time. And how, and when you talk about team, you've had teammates from all over the world. Why is it so important to have a diverse team? I mean, you know, for me, um, one of my mentors is Frank Martin. 
and I don't know if anybody knows Coach Frank, but Coach Frank is now the head coach at UMass, and he coached me at Miami High, um, straight out of Little Havana. Cuban, to the core, straight up, but he's a father figure. He didn't look at me as, you're black, yep. Cuban, all these guys who I talk about, Brent Wright, Andre Furby, man, we was hell. We was. We were. We were we were a lot. And Frank managed all of that. You know what I'm saying? And he never gave up on us. You know what I'm saying? And it was times where he would have to go pick somebody up late night doing something they had no business doing and make sure you get to school in the morning and just doing all of those things. So when I talk about it to the village, one of my one of the people that really went above and beyond was my high school coach. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't because I was capable of playing basketball, because I was a good basketball player, but he did that for me and the worst kid on the team. So it was all of us. He would literally pick us up from wherever we were at, pick us up over town, pick us up in Liberty City, wherever he had to pick us up to get us to practice, to get us out of our environment and in the gym where it was safe, he would go do that. You know what I'm saying? So that's a person where, just as a basketball coach, he went above and beyond to say, you know, I'm going to be more than a coach. I'm going to be a provider. I'm going to be a protector. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We need a protection. You know what I'm saying? And I think Coach Frank was huge for that. And my stepbrother, who, when I, he passed away as well. So my father, I'll tell you my story. to be vulnerable here. So I was with, my father was with my stepmother first. Got up one morning, said he was going to go to work. Went and married my mama. Had me. Came back to my stepmother. So. I was raised by my stepmom. This is another person who, without her, and it's easy to raise your own kids, but when you talk about stepping outside and raising somebody else's kids, that's a whole different conversation. This woman raised me like her own, protected me like her own, provided for me like her own. When everybody else ate, I ate. When everybody else got, I got. When everybody else went somewhere, I was able to go. I was, and I wasn't her biological child. So Barbara Wooten, who is my guardian angel, right now she's having health issues, but she is probably the main, my coach would be second, Barbara Wooten would be first. That's, that, that would be the person would, I would probably say the main reason why I stand in front of you guys today. That woman has been amazing and she has been my guardian angel. And you're also talking about somebody who lost their mother and father, so she's what I have left. So. That, that woman has been every, has been everything to me. So we got to cherish those relationships along the journey. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Little bro, we got time for one more question. Do we go? Oh, one more? That's it. So no, we, you, y'all want to, you, y'all want to, you need to stay a little longer. Yeah. I'm getting like hand signals from people. You know, this is, so it, it's okay. All right. So. Gracie, put your hand down. <laughs> <laughs> OG, when you say it, no mas, then we stop UD. But no, we, we, we respectful of your time. But go ahead, little bro. Um, speaking on Udonis, what advice would you give to a 16-year-old Udonis? Great question. Yeah, the spotlight's on you now. <laughs> <laughs> little bro, see, little, go ahead, little bro. You're going to oversee all your expectations. I love that. I love that. You, you will oversee all your expectations. You are worthy, you are capable. Because with all the things I say to you guys about being worthy and being capable, at 16, I didn't know that about myself. And I wasn't saying that to myself. So now sitting here in this, in this chair, I would have said that to myself. I would have said you deserve a better life. I would have said you deserve everything you want. I would have said you're worthy. I would have said you're capable. 
I would have said you're just as good. I would have said that to myself, but I didn't know to say it to myself then, but I know to say it now. So all the things that I would say to myself are the things that I just said to you guys today. I deserve it. I'm worthy. I'm capable. I'm not weak. I'm not less than. Um, I'm not crazy. And I deserve everything I want in life. And now how do I get it? Let's put that plan together. But I never, I didn't have a plan at 16. I'm fortunate, I didn't have a plan at 16. I just really just put my head down and worked and just see how far the work was gonna take me. I just trusted in the work. I didn't have a plan. Well, Coach UD, watch this. I want all the littles to stand up. UD, the same thing you just mentioned in terms of worthy, capable. I want you all to repeat after UD, because I'm putting, but this is live, I'm putting OG on the spot. So whatever he says, you all say. You all ready? No, 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 no. Are you all ready? I am worthy. I am worthy. I am capable. I am capable. And I deserve everything I want in this life. I deserve everything I want in this life. I am worthy. I am worthy. I am capable. I am capable. And I deserve everything I want in this life. I deserve everything I want in this life. I cannot say how much we appreciate you, your leadership, what you mean to this city, and the just the absolute grit and resilience you show every single day. So I want to just make a presentation. They're going to bring me something here. We got our littles put something together for you, UD, uh, and we want to present this to you. And so, little brother, you stay right here. And so, obviously, you, you know what to do with this. But our littles put little messages on there. Thank you, big brothers, big sisters of Miami. So on behalf of our littles, uh, you made a big difference today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To our honorary big brother, you've done it as the OG.